order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, along with my co-host, Brendan. How, How are, are you? you? Good. Um, I'm no longer the other host. I'm just the co-host again. If you haven't been following along, it's the Chronicle. a few it's, uh, it's episodes like the, back, yeah. Brendan complained about his introduction and wanted to be known yeah, as the other host, Overlord. No, 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 no. You are mixing it up with stuff we said off the air. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I said that we should be called hosts, not okay, so co-hosts, but you know what? Fine. On I'll World Kindness fine. Day, I yes. did you a solid, and I made you yeah. just- Just uh, the host. Right. But now we're back to we're co-host. Back. Well, we'll, we'll think about it. Maybe there's another World Kindness Day coming up next year. I don't know about that. All right. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about something that's very important to most Americans, but even Not kindness, that, even more important than kindness? More impo- well, I'm not going to say that. You're not going to I'm going to say me. this is more important than kindness. You're not going to trick me into saying that. This is something that affects us all. This is a serious situation. I know that it affects you, okay? Okay. I know that it's something that you need to address, that you need to take care of, because I've seen it. I've seen it, and it's hard to tell you, and I, I, I don't know how to approach this with you, but today, of all days, it makes it easy for me. Okay. Because we're going to be celebrating this day. Today is the day that your life changes because it is National Clean Out Your Refrigerator Day. And I've seen your refrigerator. And it's someplace where I would not want to go nor eat Awful. from. Harsh. Although I am telling you <laughs> that Clean Your Refrigerator Day is more important than Kindness Day. Who cares about kindness when your refrigerator isn't clean? Well, you know what? You are the one. That makes your refrigerator That's mess. true. It's you. It's you. I don't know. I don't think so. I Sometimes I go to the fridge, and I open it up, and there's nothing inside, and then later I come back, open it up, and there's still nothing there, but I'm hoping that the options change. This is Ben and Jerry's. that happened to you? Remember how you supported Ben and Jerry's? Yes, we talked right. about that on World Kindness Day. Yep. There's 7.5% that yeah. was donated. At least four of that was from you. Most Thank likely. You. Um, uh, question, <laughs> question for you. Uh, is your refrigerator running? Okay, what's the joke? Then you better go catch it. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're thinking to yourself, if you're listening to this, what the hell are these two talking about? Why are they talking about cleaning out your refrigerator? And how does this even remotely connect with what this podcast is about? So here's the connection. Here's how we are going to piece this episode together, right? Mm-hmm. We are going to talk about, on National Clean Out Your Refrigerator Day, some of the dangers that we face in kitchens all right they could be commercial kitchens they could be in your kitchens and these are things are the dangers involving wanting to eat all the food too much because that's my danger in the kitchen that is your own problem yeah that is your own there's no liability there that is something eat at your own risk have i ever told you the oreo story no once when i was much much younger there was a package of double stuff oreos in the cabinet and it was unopened and i opened it and i ate a couple But then before I knew it, I had eaten about five or six. And I looked at it and realized someone is going to see this and say, oh, my gosh, who ate all the Oreos? But in my mind, I thought nobody would notice if it went missing. So to cover up my tracks, I ate all the Oreos in the package, (laughs) every single one, and then threw it out. And nobody ever figured it out. Until now. Nah, well, I, I I finally feel free. The weight has lifted off my chest, but the weight has not lifted off my stomach. I was driving through Connecticut the other day, and I stopped at a convenience store. Yeah. Right? And you know what I saw? What? I saw Oreos. They were called the most stuff. 
Really? Yes, they were. It was like the size of a hamburger. Oh my! And it was all filled with stuff. Was, I will gladly take some of those. I did not. I did not buy it. Although, if I had known that you liked Oreos that Should much, I would have picked them. it up. Yeah, I love Oreos. Are you kidding me? They're like the best cookies. I like to take the tops off, and then make sandwiches and with make them. larger stuff sandwiches. <laughs> yes. Oh my! I could just eat the cream. And what if half you a took? Cookie. Wait a minute. What if you took two of the most stuff and made a sandwich out of them? Oh, that would be that would be the mostest stuff. That would be insane. That would be insane. Yeah. Well, in all seriousness, we are going to be talking about some legal issues that occur both from commercial kitchens, personal kitchens, and things like that. Now, before we get into that, though, I want to just tell you a little bit about this because you've probably never heard of Clean Out Your Refrigerator Day, but believe it or not, it is actually a day that is dedicated to helping remind people to clean out your fridge, and especially at this time of year. With the holidays right around the corner, I mean, literally, we are a couple weeks away from Thanksgiving at this point. Mm-hmm. I know that that is your favorite holiday of the year, and it's coming up. Yeah, so well. If you, uh, you want to have... I wouldn't say favorite. I don't want to give the wrong opinion to our listeners. Oh, that that's I'm right. You did correct that on another episode. A food-crazed maniac. I'm just mostly wait, a food-crazed maniac. Wait, time out. You just maniac. said you ate an entire pack of Oreos to prevent anyone from knowing that you ate an Oreo. That's a different story. Long time ago, all right? Different person. Different me. New me. All right. I am not a food crazed maniac. I'm only slightly a food crazed maniac. Thanksgiving is probably my second or third favorite holiday with Christmas being number one. And I don't know. Is Halloween better than Thanksgiving? I don't know. I like the Halloween season more than I like the Thanksgiving season. But the actual day, you know, if we were ranking it based on the day itself, then it's Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween. I agree with that. But I love the Halloween season. You know, like, love it so much more, uh, but I don't know if it's just the day. Not really. That's a really interesting point you right? make, how you separated you. it down Boom. to, yeah, I really... And, and you know what? If only I was doing those kinds of interesting points for what we're actually talking about today. Yes. Well, let's get into it then. So, I used to be very involved in the kitchen and bath uh, industry. Yeah. Did a lot of work representing clients, uh, and I still do, but at one point, you know, it was I was... A lot of my 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 business was was dealing with, um, you know, national and international kitchen and bath companies. And mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I I wrote a series of articles for Architectural Lighting. Really? And, yeah, and I used to write a lot of articles for kitchen and bath business. So, um, you know, pretty well versed in the industry, and and even to this day, I've kept up on it. And like I said, we still have clients that are in the industry. Um, and I've seen a lot of things in the kitchen industry. Right. That would blow your mind. We're going to talk about some of that today. So um, we're going to talk about some of the things that lead to liability. And one of them is defective cooking products. Now, this isn't my favorite category of what we're going to talk about. Because what I'm going to talk about later, which I'm super, I don't want to say excited because it's not exciting. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting because not everyone thinks about it. But we're going to start off with defective products. So when you think of a defective cooking product, what do you think of? Uh, off the top of my head? Yeah, off the top of your head. Crock pots, like the one that set the house of uh, This Is Us on fire. Yes. You're a This Is Us person? I uh, know. I don't like This Is Us. It's stupid. It started off interesting and good, but then everything. It's like, well, we finally solved this huge issue that was dividing the family apart. Guess what, everyone? I'm dying in a month. 
you know, sad piano music. Doo, doo, oh, doo. my God. Yeah, this is us. Uh-oh, what's next? Someone got in a car accident. Uh-oh, what's next? Aliens are invading the Earth and are killing people. Uh-oh, what's next? You know, ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah, I'll, do you still watch that show? Yeah, no, I don't watch the show. I stopped watching. Can I get into this? Is this go a, ahead, go ahead. For those of you who are afraid of This Is Us spoilers, click off now. But This Is Us was largely about this family struggling to stay together while also touching on the backstory of their father, who's dead. And they hinted so many times about how he died. My theory was he died in a plane crash because they kept saying, like, oh, you know, we're afraid of planes, this and that. I was like, oh, that's genius. That's very smart. I'm a very smart person. But guess what? I wasn't. You know how the dad died? A crockpot incident that was only introduced the episode before. Or maybe it was like the same episode. It was a crockpot that they forgot to unplug, but then they did unplug it, but the crockpot itself malfunctioned. It wasn't their fault. That's so uninteresting. And then after that, they just tried to keep it going and going and going every season I, I, I think one of them was running for mayor at one point, and it was like, how is this so far removed from the first season? So, yeah. Kind of like how this is so far removed from this our is podcast. Us fan. Not a This Is Us fan, all right? But interesting that you bring in the, 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 the Crock-Pot. Do you yes. know that Crock-Pots and other cooking um, instruments, and especially one... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, this is just got so far off the rails. Hold on. This is true. And I'm going to talk about one that's coming up. For all of yeah. you that like to get a nice, deep-fried, crispy skin on your turkey. All right. These deep-fried turkey pots. like Really? They're between, dangerous? You've never seen the dangers that can occur from deep-frying your turkey outside? You've never seen the, the things explode <laughs> and, and houses catch on no, fire? No, I have not. No, this is a serious thing. So, first of all, it's, it's these devices. Deep-frying your turkey. Yeah, you put it in a big... Outside the house? Yes, you put it in a big vat of oil, right? You bring the oil... That sounds like an awful idea. No, no, it actually supposedly keeps the turkey meat itself extremely moist by, by while creating a crispy exterior. But the problem is that you put these things in like the equivalent of a pressure cooker, and the pressure builds up, and these things can explode. They can cause burns. So, so you know, anyone who says, hey, we're going to deep fry our turkey... You know, a lot of it occurs when you've got a cold turkey and you're putting it into a, a vat of boiling oil mm-hmm. and then it causes explosions. And it's it's the same with commercial cooking equipment yeah. as well. But this is an important thing. And your point about the crock pot, I know we were talking about this is us, but it's true. And and these things malfunction, and I would caution people. Now, this is just my own personal opinion. Right. I've done a lot of product liability yeah. uh, lawsuits and things like that, but this is my personal opinion. Okay. I am not a big fan of non-brand name cooking appliances. So if you go really? on Amazon, you can find a crock pot by, Amazon I don't know, one. by crock pot, or, yeah. or, or you could find it from like, TZHM company, right? Yeah. 90% of them manufactured in, in China. But while, well, there's nothing wrong with that because a lot of our companies, right, yeah. they do the manufacturing in China. The problem is is that these other no-name companies are, are just not interested in quality control. Right. And you end up buying a very cheap product that has very cheap components and that, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's the same with like things like extension cords. They always, you know, worry me. I'd rather buy a, a good extension cord than an extension cord from a dollar store. Right. Um, but you're right. Cooking appliances are very dangerous if mm-hmm. not a used correctly, and b if not manufactured correctly. So you know, in in situations where uh, the crock pot malfunctioned in modern day time. Yeah. I don't remember this is us that way, but if it was that he unplugged it and then it still caught fire. Yeah, he unplugged it and it still caught fire. Are you fire. sure he didn't leave something there next to it? There was a twist. No, no, no. There was a twist. They started by showing that they accidentally left the crock pot on, but they were like, oh, no. And you look at the house is going to set on fire, but then they twisted you. Oh, no. They figured it out. They unplugged the crock pot. They turned it off. Whatever. He didn't okay. leave a and then cloth or something. Double but... twist. It set on fire. All right. In a case like that, yeah, there is a chance that the mom could have brought a wrongful death suit and and product liability claim mm-hmm. against the company that that manufactured the crockpot. So she just did not get good advice. Ironically, I wouldn't be surprised if crockpot sued. Oh, we've talked about that before. Have we? Well, not crockpot, but we've talked about companies that sue. Yeah, for I mean the way that they they use their brand and. But I don't. I don't even know that they called it a crock pot. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. maybe they called it a slow cooker. I don't. Remember. I think they called it a crock pot. Did they really? Um, you have to look that up and fact check that. It turned back on by itself because it had a finicky switch, and it set rags next to it on fire. I just looked it up. Oh, all right. Well, then he was partially negligent for leaving rags next to it. But although you could argue that it, uh, you know, wasn't supposed to continue to heat. Well, right, anyway, right. another another thing aside from cooking products, um, like what we're describing, are things like believe it or not, certain pans that are coated with a non-stick solution. You know, like Teflon is obviously a name brand, but if you buy cheaper pots and pans, a lot of the non-stick coating actually has carcinogenic properties to it. So there's another thing that in the long term could create potential risks. And one that, that you know, um, turned into a lawsuit mm-hmm. is uh, Pam, Pam cooking spray. You know, the yellow bottle with the red cap, you use it instead of butter to grease your pans and things like that. Yeah. It, it years that, that people have used it. Well, um, back in 2011, there was a class action lawsuit and, or a series of lawsuits um, involving several plaintiffs who who were burned. They filed uh, lawsuits against the company for defective and dangerous products and dangerous product design. Mm-hmm. Um, customers were, they, this is part of the lawsuit, they were aware that the cooking spray cans contained a wide range of chemicals. Um, and the claims on the bottle, though, were that it was 100% natural and no chemicals added, and that those claims were deceptive because it actually, the, the propellants, I guess the uh, chemicals that cause it to spray out were made of chemicals. They, they contained propane and isobutane. And according to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, um, the spray valve itself, because of its faulty design, started spraying unexpectedly even when there was no pressure. So you could push it, stop it, and it would you know, continue to spray. And it, it, mm-hmm. caused it caused these cans to explode, uh, burning incidents, fires, and things like that. 
So uh, it, it it's interesting because it's an exploding can kind of thing. Right. So dangerous. Yeah, that's another yeah. example. I did not know about that ever. Yeah, that's another example of of defective products. Now the next category is improper parent supervision. Right. Now you might say to yourself, what what do you, what do you mean? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a story. And this happens all the time. This isn't just a story. I had a lawyer um person that I knew. Okay. I guess a colleague, let's call it that. Let's let's be more intelligent on this podcast. <laughs> Instead of a lawyer person, a lawyer let's, person. Let's refer to this lawyer person as a colleague. <laughs> so I had a colleague who uh, was a single mom, and she left her daughter at home. Daughter was, I want to say, eighth grade, ninth grade, something in in that area. And um, you know, the mom had to work. She was a single mom and had to pay the bills. So, girl came home from school one day, wasn't paying attention, and accidentally set um, a drying cloth, you know, like a a, a towel, right. on fire while she was making lunch for herself. Mm-hmm. And they lived in an apartment, and it caused, obviously, property damage to the apartment and to the unit above it. And it ultimately resulted in, like, charges against the mom because, you know, negligent supervision. It was it was horrible. It was a bad yeah. thing, you know. And, and really, I don't think the mom was doing anything wrong, you know. It right. was, uh, she had trained her daughter on how to use the kitchen, but... Um, in that case, I, you know, she was completely exonerated from any claims, civil or otherwise, for negligent supervision. But negligent supervision claims are a thing where, you know, a mom might uh, say to their kid, hey, go turn on the oven, and they don't know how to do it right, yeah. and they leave the gas on without igniting the flame. Um, cooking injuries, uh, things like knife work, you know, negligent supervision is the cause of a large portion of claims. I remember this girlfriend I had. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Right? Obviously, I'm happily married, but back in the day, I had a girlfriend who was selling Cutco knives. Okay. So Cutco is a brand of like these super ridiculously sharp knives. And her her deal was that she had to go around and do these demonstrations. And so she'd practice it on us. So... Like, these things were so sharp that you were supposed to take a penny, and then they had the scissors, like the meat scissors or whatever, and you could cut the penny with these really? scissors. Yeah, oh, I, I did it. It was actually pretty cool. Let me tell you something about Cutco knives. Those things were actually, so- Actually, you shouldn't be cutting pennies. That's a crime. That's true. They were so- They were fake pennies. They were so damn right. sharp. I remember my mother was cutting with one of these knives. Mm-hmm. Was, I, I guess, paying attention, but- I don't. I think she was cutting fruit, and it went through the fruit and cut her hand. She had to get stitches in her hand. And so, the question becomes: Is this a defective product? Right. Right. I know we were just talking about negligent supervision. I'll get there in a minute. But um, you know, are knives so sharp that they're defective? And I've seen a lot of cases where the courts say no. You know, I mean, it's supposed to be sharp. It's a knife, Mm -hmm. and so there's there's no defective design over a sharp knife but with negligent supervision claims i've seen cases where two siblings were in the kitchen and one accidentally stabbed the other i've seen uh cases where you've got um a guest's child over so like let's say you invite your friend bob over yeah bob and his wife bring their kid 
and you've got your kid in the kitchen and, and Bob's kids in the kitchen and your kid's not being supervised and they accidentally hurt with a knife or other cooking thing, this other kid, mm-hmm. there's, there's claims. So for negligent supervision. So, um, you know, and I, I hate being that person, but obviously teaching your kids about cooking and the dangers. I remember when I was a kid, now my, my mom taught me stuff, but I remember sticking my hand in an oven. What? Yes, I stuck my hand. It got burned. Why? Because I was an idiot. <laughs> right? I, I guess yeah. this was 1970s supervision. Here, I'm going to teach you about the ovens <laughs> being hot. Stick your hand in. Yeah, and I, I burned my hand, and 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 I got to say, yeah. that, that was the 70s, but sometime in the 80s, I actually stuck my finger in a cigarette lighter in a car. Oh, my gosh. And this was this was not negligent supervision. This was my own idiocy. I remember... You know, they used to have, I don't even know if they have them anymore, because in, in the cars that I have now, they're, they're power adapters, but yeah. they're not cigarette lighters. I'm talking about the time where you used to have the little ashtray in the car. So I remember pushing it in, pulling it out, and this thing was hot, right? It looked hot, and I was like, well, how hot yeah. is that? <laughs> so I stuck it on the tip of my middle finger, and my, my parents are sitting in the front seat, and I could see the smoke coming off my finger and smell the burning flesh. And at first, it didn't hurt. And then it hurt, and it got stuck like it was actually fusing into my skin. And I, oh my I ripped God. it. Oh, my God. And the whole car, if you've ever smelled burnt hair, burnt flesh is absolutely 10 times worse. Oh, my and God. And my mother turned around. She's like, what is that smell? And meanwhile, I've got my fingertips set on fire. It looked like E.T. when he was sticking it up the phone home, <laughs> except it was my middle one. It was on fire. So, um, anyway, negligent supervision. Yeah. You know, that That's another uh, cause of injury. Now... Here's one that we're talking about negligent supervision. Let's just talk about negligence for a minute. And okay. this I'm going to draw from my experiences in the kitchen and bath industry. So I'm going to tell you a story that is not a good one. All right. Yeah, this is not funny. This is not a, this is this is serious. Okay. So there was a kitchen that was being um, designed. And when it came time to install the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They had this island, the, the family had this island in place, and they put this marble countertop on this island, and then in the corner, a refrigerator was being installed. Now, this is, it was a sub-zero refrigerator, which is a high-end, you know, European model refrigerator. And one day, a kid, you know, the house was done, construction completed. Right. One day, the kid goes into the kitchen, and he opens the refrigerator door, and pulls the refrigerator down on himself, pinning him between the island and the refrigerator. So right. you've got this thousand pound refrigerator resting on this kid's chest. And it just so happened that the way the island was designed, there was a seam in the countertop mm-hmm. and the marble split at the seam and he was able to break free. Okay. Because he fell, but the kid almost died. That's awful. It was awful. Now, why? Now, this is something that we've never talked about. Why do you think, what, what do you think happened there? What do you Was think? the refrigerator not uh, on the wall fastened or something? Yeah. So there's something called an anti-tip bracket. And this is something that many high-end installers are aware of, but a lot of smaller installation companies, you know, they just don't know about it. When, when you have a refrigerator, especially ones that can be top-heavy, you are supposed to install... Like Sub-Zero's manufacturer's specs say that you need to install an anti-tip bracket onto the back of the wall to prevent this exact scenario. 
And in this case, the installer was negligent, and they did not install the anti-tip bracket. And as a result, this kid almost died. So That's insane. You know, it's very, yeah, it's very, very... I mean, have you ever used a dishwasher that improperly installed? Yes. Pull it out, Pull the it whole out. thing yep. tips over on you? Yep. So negligence in installation is, is another cause of potential liability. And then uh, I think we'll do... Let's do one more. There's there's a, a lot of this of these. We could go on for at least another half an hour with some of these claims. Uh, but let's just wrap up on restaurant liability, okay? Because I've also represented a lot of restaurants. Okay. So most recently, I remember defending a restaurant in this case where there was a patron came in and they claimed that they slipped and fell on a wet floor and that they tore their meniscus, they needed all kinds of surgery and things right. like that. And unfortunately, the restaurant owner didn't have insurance, and so we got involved in defending the claims. And one of the things that we asked is, what was your regular maintenance schedule? And, you know, did you see anything? So on and so forth, right? As far as, what were the floors wet? Did anyone spill? Were there reports of anything spilled? Yeah. You know, how yeah. did it all work? And fortunately... The, the restaurant had very detailed procedures with respect to cleaning the floors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before each person was seated, they would clean the table, but one of their tasks was to clean the floor. And um, they did a really good job with all that. So end of the day, it turns out that the plaintiff was lying, that they had actually torn their meniscus a couple days before, went to this restaurant, and decided that they were going to fake this whole thing. So she did fall at the restaurant, but it was an intentional fall. Really? And they also had security cameras. Interesting. And you could see the dynamics of the fall. It was not a natural fall. Like, it's very hard to say to yourself, I'm going to fall. Right. right? Like, yeah. without making it look like a fall. And so there was a case where the restaurant was exonerated, but... Mm-hmm. We see a lot of these situations where wet floors in restaurants, slippery floors in restaurants, uh, slippery floor, floors in bathroom restaurants, yeah, and and that leads to a lot of liabilities. Right, food and liquid spills in restaurants, um, even to the point of the way that the flow of the restaurant works when they bring guests into the restaurant, and then meanwhile you've got people coming out of the kitchen. I've have seen cases where they've said it was a defective or negligent uh, design of the interior of the restaurant, not the actual components, but the way that you exit. I, I remember I go to this one diner that I particularly like. And yeah, one time I almost got run over by this guy carrying this large tray of food. Yeah. It was my fault because right. I was walking in front of the doors. I thought it was the bathroom mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Yeah. But I've seen cases where, where that's happened, too. You know, I'll tell you another story. Okay. I, this has nothing to do with liability, but I remember one time. <laughs> I was, this, this is the dumbest story I've ever told. This is the dumbest story, <laughs> but it's true. All right, and I'm interested. We're going to wrap this episode up with this ridiculous story. So, I used to like to go up to, I still do, but when I was a kid, I used to go up to Lake George. Right. Quite often. Okay. Lake George, New York. If you haven't been there, look it up. It's a really great place. I love it. Well, there used to be this Italian restaurant called Luigi's. It was up on the hill. So, all right. 
I'm feeling pretty cool. I, I think I must have been in high school. Mm-hmm. I was feeling pretty cool about myself. Yeah. You know, I was in good shape. Looked pretty good. At least I thought. So go to this restaurant. And it had to be high school because I remember having on a USA track and field t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're sitting there and this girl who is our waitress, I thought she was super pretty. Okay. And so she's carrying over our drinks from for me and my family. And she drops my soda on my head. <laughs> so now I'm soaked. She was super embarrassed, but she was super cute. So I'm sitting there covered in, I probably was drinking regular Pepsi at the time. Tr- drinking Pepsi, I, is, I was soaked. My pants, everything. So I remember having to go out to the car and because and, we were on vacation. I think we had clothes in the car or something. And I changed my shirt and came back in. And the girl was super nice to me because now she felt like a complete idiot for dropping the soda on me. Well, in my teenage mind, I viewed that as a sign that she liked me. Now, this is very similar (laughs) to the Office episode where Michael Scott meets the girl from the bar and then she comes to get to the the office where he's trying to sell her paper. Yeah. And she leaves her barrette. Remember yes. that? Yes. Or when he's in the truck donating blood and she leaves her gloves or whatever? Yeah. So I, like an idiot, said, that must be a sign. There was a reason that she threw soda on me. Yeah. And so- There I, was a reason? Yep. So I get back home and it was definitely high school because I was working at this part-time job at a florist. Mm-hmm. And I told this story to the florist that was my boss. And he said to me, oh, it's a definitely a sign. Now, I don't know if this guy just wanted to <laughs> make a complete ass out of me. But he encouraged me to write a letter to the restaurant asking for her contact information. Oh, my God. So, like an idiot. Oh, my God. I wrote a letter. And remember, there's no email at this point. I'm writing a letter, sticking it in an envelope, and putting a stamp on it. And I sent this letter to this restaurant for this girl. Now, needless to say, I never heard from the girl. (laughs) <laughs> this spillage of Pepsi was not a sign of anything other than incompetence on her part as a server. And I made a complete idiot out of myself. Oh my. And to this day, I feel like an idiot every time I tell this story. <laughs> but, you know, it's part of the healing process. I'm yeah. going to share it with you today. Thanks for And that. all the people that listen to this episode. That's so, an interesting story. Yeah, it has nothing to do with cleaning out your refrigerator or liability but i'll never forget that i don't know what in the world why this guy told me yeah it's a good idea what an idiot what did i think (laughs) was going to come out of that what a dummy well i encourage you to clean out your refrigerator (laughs) and and don't not be a dummy yeah Yeah, don't uh you know now it's even worse because now you can just like email people directly yeah i gotta hope i've got to hope after all these years that that letter got lost in the mail somewhere because anybody that opened that up must have thought I was an absolute idiot. I hope I didn't use my real name or put my return address on Oh, my it. God. God, what a dummy. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.